You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is another edition of Broadcasting the Boys on the Blogging the Boys podcast network with Roy White on Twitter at rw 3 I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. And we made it, week seventeen, and at six and nine, the Cowboys are still very much alive for the NFC East Division Championship. So, week seventeen, something to play for, six and nine season with the potential for seven and nine, and either win the division or Washington wins somehow and survives and wins the division, and the Cowboys miss the playoffs at seven and nine. Hey, the dream is still alive, baby. What's the dream? A Super of winning Bowl? it all. The, the same goal that we set realistically as Cowboys fans every season, and that is that we are the best football team in the country. Or at least that we will be when you need to be by December and January and February. And at least over the last month, whether that's based on the opponents that they're actually playing against or the quality of play that they're actually producing, one could argue, I guess, either case, the Cowboys have put themselves in a position to be one of the better football teams in the NFL over the last month, had they not. But, but, but not with like a realistic idea of being able to win a Super Bowl here. I mean, come on. This is not, <laughs> this is not no real. doubt. No. You have Andy Dalton, the quarterback, and Dak Prescott's not walking through that door. And it's for that reason that I think so many Cowboys fans are jaded about where we even are right now, which you would think any diehard Cowboys fan would be thrilled to be going into Week 17 with a chance to win the division title. It's 7-9, and Roy. But it's also a division title, Ari. And when I look around this division, the, and I the, think to myself, if I could win this division at seven and nine with this ragtag group of guys, how many years in a row could I win this division if only I had a healthy Dak Prescott? How long could I run this division if I just get my quarterback and keep him in town for the next four to five years? And that, to me, and in my opinion, for Cowboys fans, should be an exciting theory. Now, yes, if you win the division this year at seven and nine, congratulations. You know, you. Uh, I'm trying to think of a non-offensive <laughs> example of what I would say here, but congratulations! Like you are the best of a bunch of craptacular football teams. That's great, and you're probably going to get bounced. But at the same time, there's going to be free agents that look at this team in the offseason, right? And they might say to themselves, hey, 
I wouldn't mind being a part of a team that won a division title last year and that probably has a good chance of doing it again with a healthy quarterback in 2021. So the idea that getting to the playoffs would be of no value to this football team because they have no shot of winning at all, I don't get – I don't ride with that. I, I, I mean, I understand why some fans think that, but I don't think that is the case. I think there is value to getting to the playoffs, even if you're not going to progress. I think we've seen a lot from this coaching staff in one year, a lot of impressive things, especially down the stretch from this coaching staff. I think we've seen a continued commitment throughout the course of the season to things that were positive from the coaching staff. I think there are a lot of positives of Mike McCarthy. I mean, you could even say there's positives of Mike Nolan. Who knows? Oh, it's could funny. you? Could you? It, yeah, I mean, well, it's just funny how like – Suddenly the Cowboys are playing really well and their defense is actually playing decent, incredible, I guess. And but it's like an, there's excitement. Turnovers exist all of a sudden. And like, then it's that's like, the thing you we start can do drawing now. a line back to Mike Nolan. Everybody's like, eh, but no. So I, I it's just funny how it's like, you know, it's everybody's success except literally for him. He's the only one that's outside of it for some reason. But um the thing is, Roy, you can't let this see I've been saying you can't let the season die in vain. And that is with the false sense of security and hope of, well, you know, let's just, we'll get back healthy next year and be fine. Like this, this year needs to be an indictment to this front office on the way they've tried to build this defense. And that's the hope here that you've avoided because I agree. I mean, it's, it would be spectacular for this team considering the circumstances, injuries, death of a coach to make up the playoffs this year. I mean, but they're going they, like they need help. They need a bad football team to lose. If Alex Smith had started one of these last three games, they don't have a shot. All the football team needed was Alex Smith to start one of these last three games and they win the division and they're not going to get it. It looks like he still hasn't practiced this week. Like <laughs> the only chance the Cowboys had of this was for Alex Smith not to play any of these last three games. and It looks like he's not going to. So like that, that's the set of circumstances surrounding the Cowboys. They need a bad football team to lose three straight games to bad teams, basically Carolina and now the four and 10 and one Eagles. So that the seven and nine Cowboys make the playoffs. So there, but, but there is a pot, there are positive positives in that again, but hopefully it's not this front office needs to make significant changes beyond just the draft and investing in young players and that secondary to really improve this team beyond what they did this year offensively, which is very impressive. I don't disagree with that. I mean, obviously like there's going to be things that need to change going into this off season. And you're right. The circumstances around the other teams in this division, <laughs> the fact that each one of them has had to rely on a backup quarterback in some capacity at some point and are still relying on backup quarterbacks. And you are correct that the Cowboys three weeks ago, I think had less than a two or 3% chance of making the playoffs, right? As you mentioned, needed the football team affectionately known as to lose out. And they're on their way to doing that. And I think it's very possible. They could do that on Sunday night football. The question I would have for Cowboys fans is, do you want to win the football game and take the chance that they get in knowing that they might not, and winding up as a seven and nine football team on the outside looking in, and also simultaneously in close to the worst draft position no, possible. Draft picks, it's over. It's over. You can't lose the Giants now, and then not, and then risk have Jason Garrett making the playoffs over you. 
I agree. It's over. It's over. There's no, there's no losing this game. Thank you. So, I mean, I understand why people might be frustrated at how we got here, right? Or not believe it. And there's good reason to not believe it. But at the same time, you will get some of those players back healthy next season. The players that have progressed this year, and I need to give a hat tip to you, sir, for advocating for the return of one Trayvon Diggs, because I think that the play he made in that game and subsequently how he may play in their final game or what may be their final game, and if not their final game, an opportunity to play in the playoffs will be invaluable experience for a young man of, yeah. of his potential. So it's at least one I piece on defense worth building line. with. Say it again? It's at least one piece on defense worth building with. Well, and I, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of to not be thankful for on the defensive side of the football. But again, looking at the positives, you think about that offensive line and the guys you feel like you now may have some depth at that offensive line in regards to the likes of Terrence Steele, who's come along, Brandon Knight, who's shown himself to be at least a, a serviceable talent in that regard. Let me ask you something. You think losing Kellen Moore would be a big deal? I mean, it's obviously going to feel like that, but you know what? I think the, the loss of him will be less than even it will be. It will feel less than it will be because we'll be transitioning from a year sans Dak into a year with a healthy Dak. So when but, the next guy comes in and has Dak Prescott to operate his offense and assuming he gets 16 games out of Dak Prescott in that regard, that offense is going to look better than Kellen Moore's offense did. So, I mean, it's a huge, it's going to be a huge thing because, and I, I do think he's going to be gone. I think, I think Boise be crazy not to hire him and he'll be the coach there for the next 700 years. But I mean, yeah, you, it looks done. I was skeptical in that I just felt he could go there at any time that he wanted. So why go now when he could still take his swings at the NFL level? But at the same time, you're exactly right. He's a legend in that market. He'll be immediately upheld and revered. And if he has success there, it'll be, you know, in- insane for his career. I also so think you're absolutely right. He's, he's very gone. underrated, I think, amongst Cowboys fans. He's very, I mean, play callers are very easy to second guess. I mean, it, you have to basically, what we would refer to as situational play calling, you basically have to, you have to be 100% basically in situational. I mean, it's really insane how easy it is to second guess play callers. And I hate it. I think if you want, you know, look at overall game plans, but, but I digress. He, I think he and Joe Philbin, you, you're talking about the way this offensive line has come along. Like it's insane how this went from what looked like an offensive line that couldn't do anything to a credible offensive line. So it's, it's to me, a testament to Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore and Joe Philbin. And what you know, great coaching. It has to be, um, along with players obviously developing. But the question then becomes because because Mike McCarthy, with a shortened off season, made the smart move on offense with Kellen Moore running that Jason Garrett, you know, Doug Nussmeyer, Kellen Moore kind of offense. So you know, as Brian Broadus suggested, is it just a easy transition then with Nussmeyer, where he's your play caller now, and you're sticking that similar offense deck, or is Mike McCarthy going to want to now? put his offensive, you know, fingerprints all over it in, in ways. Maybe he ha- has it already, or will he go and hire somebody else? Will he want to be called the plays or he want to hire somebody else? I mean, th- that's going to be obviously the huge decision. Then this off season 
if and when Callum Moore leaves. I mean, I think the logical play for McCarthy, both from, you know, a, a justifiable standpoint and from a job insulation standpoint is to make Nussmeyer the guy. Because if that doesn't work, then you still have the fallback to be able to say, okay, now I'm going to take the reins and run the show because both of the opportunities that were given were either squandered or, or in Kellen's case, you know, given up, right? If Nussmeyer moves into that role and can't perform and execute and deliver, then McCarthy can make the case that he still has a play to make. But if he takes control of the offense and they don't deliver, then unfortunately he becomes doubly under the gun, in my opinion. So I think the smart play would be for McCarthy, both from a job security standpoint and from the standpoint of trying to have some continuity, because we all do agree that continuity is extremely important, especially when it comes to language in an offensive you know, play calling scheme. Uh, I would think Nussmeyer would be the guy for the job. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I, I would think because of Dak and the situation with him, where you know you're hoping to sign him to a long-term deal, it just would make no sense for McCarthy to be like, okay, now let's run my offense, as opposed to like, hey, we're we're starting from scratch, the brand new quarterback. You know, that's where if you're McCarthy, you're like, okay, we could transition away from this, you know, Jason Garrett sort of offense. That you know, not to, to diminish, there's certainly an influence he's having in this offense, though, and what they're running. But it's not, you know, it's not his base, I guess, if you want to classify it that way. And that's the route you could go, which is probably best for Dak, considering that, you know, he's been here a while. He's he's in his prime. You're not going to want to be switching schematic, you know, too much schematically from what he's been doing his entire career, especially as he's about to sign a huge contract. No question. I wouldn't change anything offensively. I mean, and I don't even really think we need to be talking necessarily about how things go at the end of this thing. Yes, I do think Kellen Moore's gone, but I don't think in terms of difference makers, right? Coaches are important. They can help, but the clay is what matters. You know, the quality of the clay, what they have to mold is ultimately what's going to make the difference between your team being a winning football team and a losing football team. And, uh, and ultimately they got to get some better clay. They're going to have to get some better clay in the offseason, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. And there are questions about how they're going to do that. But right now, I'm thankful that we're not in a position where we've been asking those questions for weeks and weeks and weeks. When you and I did a show last two weeks ago, because obviously we took off for Christmas time, we were of the mindset that they were going to get trounced by the 49ers and they would be on the outside looking in two weeks to go. And now they're in a position that I think most Cowboys fans would have thought unthinkable, like unbelievable. And all I want them to do is win a football game against a team that I hate, a team that every Cowboys fan hates and find themselves in a position to actually also be cheering for a team that they hate on Sunday night football. But you know what? It's a small price to pay if the Washington football team winds up losing. Philadelphia gets a win, hurts their draft position, and the Cowboys wind up getting to the playoffs. That actually is probably a win, 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 win. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So what's your prediction? I do think the Cowboys will win against the Giants because as bad as the Cowboys and as beat up as the Cowboys are, they're not they're still not as bad as the Giants. And wait, hold hold your thoughts on the football team. Let's get your prediction there coming up because I agree. I mean, I think Cowboys beat the Giants. They're just playing better football at this point in time. I mean, Andy Dalton, Mr. Mr. Comp pick himself, throw it throwing his weight around here. <laughs> Okay, now you texted me this. You texted me this, and I, I, I didn't want to get into it on a text because I knew we'd bring it up on the show. You texted me that you thought Andy Dalton as a comp pick, or at least getting the Cowboys a comp pick. Roy was Roy was enough. adamant about the opportunity for for Andy to potentially net the Cowboys uh, as he signs in the offseason another team and starts a comp pick. And so, uh, go ahead, Roy. There's no. Now you don't believe he could. He's done enough to earn a starting position on another football team. I mean, he just he had he had uh, three seventy seven and three touchdowns against the the Feagles. I don't know if you saw that. He's uh, he he's, did. He did. See if you yeah. take those stats from that, and then you don't take into account his worst games, then you can kind of mold a statistic that's like, oh, Eddie Dalton is as good as Dak Prescott, like uh, Colin Cowherd did on his show today, where he yeah. He's See, like to me, Andy. Dalton I wouldn't put pay up Dak Prescott twice as much as Andy Dalton. Like what? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's twice as good. You, Andy Dalton put boot? up a vintage backup QB performance, and what I mean by that is, if you're old enough to remember a Billy Volek, or if you're old enough to remember a, well, hell, Ryan Fitzpatrick, in some instances, okay. When he has come on as a super sub or a super filling guy, you mean like on Christmas, a four game stretch of giving you a 400 yard game, right? During that time, that is what a backup quarterback in the NFL should be capable of. Dalton not has not really day. shown himself capable of 400 yards passing, though. Like okay, the the no. like the 200 plus yards we had been seeing previously. You know, against San Francisco, nineteen of thirty-three for two hundred nine and two touchdowns. I think he that's was a very Andy. Da- that's a very Andy Dalton line right there. That's the that's the Andy Dalton I know. He was averaging, I think, two hundred seven coming into that, that game. One eighty-five against the Bengals. So I mean, he three seventy-seven defense. Three seventy-seven to three touchdowns is. I mean, that's like you know Aaron Rodgers territory for Dalton. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if if Dalton. 
if Dalton beats the Giants and looks good, because the Giants have a decent defense. It's not like Washington defense, but it's decent. They're pretty good. They've got yeah. some players. So if Dalton puts together another, you know, between 200 and 400 yards passing against the Giants in a nice win, and then he puts up a big performance in the playoff game. I mean, my God, we've seen bad teams win playoff games against teams they shouldn't be beating because they, you know, because they were hosting. And the Buccaneers, who looks like they would be playing, I mean, they're not. They've got flaws. They, I mean, Brady has. Uh, it's he's obviously Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's Tom Brady versus Andy Dalton in the playoffs. I know what I'm. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> but he's 43 years old. Before, <laughs> and I'll remind you that I don't believe Andy Dalton ever won a playoff game in Cincinnati. No, he did not. He did not. He never won a playoff game. So, so if he wins two games here, you kidding me? He's starting somewhere. He would, even if he doesn't win the playoff game, but looks good. But if he won a playoff game, no, it's still not enough. And I'll tell you, you're crazy. Okay. He wins a playoff game. Some team is going to be crazy enough to you're, sign him. You're making the case he can net them a comp pick as a starter. Okay, in order to get it, be a starter for an NFL team, I believe he would need to make north of like ten million dollars, and I don't think he's going to get that. So I don't think he's going to get them a third round comp pick. Right, that would be a third round comp pick. But if you're making the case he could net them a sixth or a seventh as a backup who's making four and five million dollars, something to that effect, then I do think maybe he's made the case to be able to do that because I would want the Cowboys to consider him as a backup this offseason. And if it meant paying him four to five million dollars, I think I might be okay with that. I think I might be okay with that. Especially in a year where, you know, you're not gonna have a lot of money to spend on on really anything. I don't want to be talking about backup quarterbacks anymore. Let's do it. I have another question for you because there's another backup that had a quite a bright shine against Philadelphia. And now the starter is returning and everyone wants to know how much should Tony Pollard play when given the opportunity and a healthy Zeke Elliott. I mean, I don't know why this is complicated. If Zeke runs like he was running last week, then you keep, you keep giving him the ball. I, I don't. This isn't. Why do people have to make this a competition? Like I'm a Pollard guy. I'm a Zeke guy. It's like it's just it's so it's it's baffling to me. There, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But for some reason, it becomes that because everyone wants to get rid of Zeke at his contract, and I agree that I also want to get rid of him at that contract. But since they're not going to, then I say prolong his ability to do what he does best by giving them a little bit more of a split. I still say it should be 70-30 in favor of Zeke. If Zeke's running like he was running, nobody else should be running. I mean, yeah. that's that was vintage Zeke. If he does that if he does that again against the Giants, just keep feeding. But it's him. also a paper thin Philadelphia defense. Paper thin. I mean, to paper me, thin. oh my God, they were terrible. Holy, they cow. were terrible. And and without Fle- when Fletcher Cox went down, there was a noticeable difference in the ability that oh, their yeah, defense they were, had they to were, plug the running game, the run yeah. game. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. What Tony Pollard did, you could argue, was actually against a, a decently, a decent looking defense. I mean, I thought 
I thought that defense would actually give the Cowboys a lot of fits. And then yeah. they went and scored 40. I mean their offense a lot of fits. Excuse me. No, no. no. I, I I don't know. I just think fine. I mean the Giants are better defense. Maybe Zeke's not running as well. But if Zeke's running like he was running, you just gotta keep running him. I don't I mean, you're not going to force feed Pollard in that situation. No need to. But if if you're, you know, if you're not getting Zeke making people miss, then go to Pollard. Since he's why did he look different though? You think? Because I agree. Philadelphia is really bad. Okay. Also, it, Zeke. Had, that's what I couldn't a week off. Finger on. Did he look he different does... because he's running different because he's running better, or does he look different because the competition sucks? He also had an extra week off, which he will not have this week. So we'll see. Let me ask you something. Should the Cowboys be interested in signing Damon Snacks Harrison? No. Not now. Too late. What's it going to do? What good's it going to do for you? Is he hey, even J- in a position to play well? He, he was obviously let go and not doing much. Right? I yeah. mean, I'm not. Yeah, so he, he, he wasn't was making that was big free, of an impact. He was a free agent, if you remember, when the season started. He eventually signed yep. with Seattle, their practice squad. He, I think he was active a few games, but he was, was re- active a few games, but we never really heard from him. And was released. The dispute got to the point where they just decided you're you're not worth our time. And he so he has he he was claimed by the Packers, so it's just a moot point because they can't. But I'm kind of with you, where it's like I want to see more of Neville Gallimore. I'm not. I just. Yeah. There's a reason, you know, if a playoff team is releasing him, huh. there there's a reason there's a reason he's been available. And I hate to say that because the Cowboys, it seems like, have misevaluated free agency on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, we're that's pretty the- freshly jaded on like misevaluated older veteran like <laughs> names. Right. Right. I mean, we pretty much missed on all of them. So I understand Cowboys fans being jaded, right? Now, Gerald McCoy wasn't a miss. He just got hurt. But Don Terry Poe, Everson Griffin, like these guys became nothings. Yeah. I would say I would prefer the Cowboys invest heavily in the draft in the front, you know, the defensive line, specifically the interior. And and if the Cowboys would be willing to maybe spend some money in free agency on a corner or safety. That's what I'm saying. They should, they should, if, if, if they're going to count on the draft on specific positions, I'd rather it not be in the secondary because they've got enough young players there. And I think that they could spend some money to get a veteran player. And that would really make a difference. I know I'm just speaking in the thin air because it just won't happen, but I'd like to see that finally happen. I think the Cowboys need to admit that their experiment in the secondary has been a, just a disaster. Well, I mean, I have my doubts that they will ever address the safety position in a meaningful way. They've drafted four cornerbacks since 1994 in the first round. Four. And I believe almost all of them, only one of them got a second contract. Terrence Newman. The rest. Mo Claiborne, Byron Jones. Let's go through them. Mike Jenkins. Jenkins. Mo Claiborne. And Byron Jones, hell of a player. Couldn't re-sign him or wouldn't. So what do you do? 
they haven't drafted a safety in the first round in 25 years. At what point will they address those positions in a meaningful way? I don't have optimism that it'll take place this season. And, you know, until they do think those positions mean something or address them in the offseason in some meaningful way, you know, a couple of years ago, I think about the fact that they could have had Tyron, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. Oh, yeah. And I think they said that it was a scheme fit. Yep. That was problematic there. Yeah. Well, how has he looked in Kansas City? Consistently one of the best ball hawking safeties in the league because you can't teach those skills. And he had them at LSU that you could see. So find those guys. They can't seem to do it. No. I mean, I mean, they, at this point, they're starting two sixth-round picks at safety. And that's, you know. I mean, I would I would like to see them like invest in, story. in free too, but I mean, and that's what I'm saying about this season where it's like, okay, let's, let's remember that it's, this isn't just about Dak Prescott and the offensive line being hurt, you know, like that, that's not the reason that the season went like that. It went like that because one major turnover issues to start the year, but, but two, your defense was just set up for failure, absolute failure. Yeah. Although I do wonder how many guys have made an impression over the last couple of weeks to make the front office say, eh, maybe we were too quick to let those guys go. I don't know if any of them have made that impression in my mind. You know, the Anthony Browns and Cheeto, I think, has made a bit of a difference. Him being back in the secondary is. Well, Randy Gregory's made a huge difference, bit. obviously. Um, yeah. Your guy, Randy Gregory's had a huge second half to the season. He's um, been phenomenal, man. I actually would argue he's been the best player of the second half of the Cowboys season on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the game he had against Philly, holy cow. That's 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 a ridiculous – that's a dominant game. That's a game-wrecking game. He was phenomenal. So there's definitely some pieces there on defense to build around, you know, and, and you know, that's that's been exciting to see. So, all right. So, what's your prediction? We both think the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants. What's your prediction for them, the football team's nightcap? I think when we wind up watching the game, the defense is going to do enough. The XFL quarterback, Taylor Heineke, or whatever his name is. You got it. I think he'll do enough. Uh, at least Chase Young was impressed enough with what he was doing on the sidelines. And, and then again, I think about players like that on Washington, you know defensive side of the ball they still have chase young right they still have dominant players and in, in jonathan allen uh they still have players that that can make plays on that side of the ball and that's probably going to be enough you know uh philadelphia couldn't score against the cowboys defense so how are they going to score against the washington defense i think washington probably wins the game 27 13 24 13 and unfortunately, even though we'll have a couple hours of hope, it will ultimately be dashed. So it's it seems very fair the Cowboys are in this position, you know, kind of like Yeah. You can't really be yeah, upset. That that the struggles of the beginning of the season would ultimately haunt you enough that no matter how well things went down the stretch, you would not be able to recover. Right. Like you 
I mean, you had opportunity. They, they got destroyed by the football team in two games, just destroyed by this team. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they have to count on a four, 10 and one Eagles team that has very little motivation to want to win this game. Maybe hopefully they do, but I mean, they shouldn't have. Yeah, any- I, I do want to say a point about that though. I hear like team tank and all this stuff. Like don't, how could you possibly think anybody in the NFL who's playing for a job, right? would not be trying to play their asses off when they're on the football field. Now I get anybody sitting in a front office or anybody thinking to themselves, well, I'm in charge of the draft. So I want to have the best assets available. I get that person thinking and maybe making moves that would influence the outcome of where the team winds up from a draft perspective. But as far as the players are concerned, right? you can lose all hope forget ever thinking that these guys are going to go out there and tank on their own because they're not because they're playing for their jobs they're playing for their families they're playing for their ability to stay in this league because the rules of the league are very simple in that if you are not bringing it the next guy up will and they all know that so like don't think that Philadelphia won't come to play to win this game. They might not have the ability to win this game, right? Ultimately, but don't think that they won't come to try to win this football game. Because I, I believe very strongly that the individuals in that room, the guys that are going to be free agents, the guys that know that they may be cut or let go from that football team, they want to put the best damn tape they can on the table for the next team that gives them a shot. Uh, I guess ultimately, I. I guess I agree. I disagree. I, I'm I'm going to pick Philadelphia to win this game. Why not? You know why not? Philadelphia is going to win. Okay. It's I just love. You want to do another podcast? I just love the you idea. Want to do a couple more of these. I just love the idea that they the the NFC East in 2020 was decided by Alex Smith. Alex Smith decided the NFC East in 2020. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was play in one of the last three games, and he didn't. And because of that, the Cowboys were somehow able to win with Andy Dalton at quarterback. That's it. That's it. Because because that's what he brought. He brought. He he made them the division champs. He you know he just brought a steady hand, you know, good hand to, to that offense with a defense that I mean, it was just an incompetent, completely incompetent offense without him that has crumbled. And uh, you almost you almost feel bad if it wasn't the football team, you know. Yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't uh, Mr. Snyder, you would almost feel bad. Almost. But because he is such a deplorable owner, such a horrible person, human, <laughs> if you will, uh, you don't feel bad one bit. You actually caricature. you relish in it. He's just you a bathe in the glory himself. of it. It's, He's a it's wonderful. He's a caricature of himself, Roy. He is. He is. He's a terrible human being, and I feel bad for anybody that actually has to call themselves a Redskins fan or a football team fan because they ultimately have to deal with him, and that's a problem. That's I know right. we got our own problems here with our owner, but a we ain't different. got that. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's Roy White, who you can follow on Twitter, and all your Washington football team hate mail, send it to uh, rw 3 on Twitter. I am at RE Sports, A-R-I Sports. Cowboys and the Giants on Sunday, and then Sunday Night Football will decide the Cowboys' fate or the Giants' fate. The Cowboys and the Blues and the Giants. Uh, so we shall see if the Cowboys will play on into the Wild Card Weekend, or if they will go quietly into the seven and nine or six and ten sky. So Roy, well, leave I'll two- be interested to see 
how the lens of this season changes based on whether or not another team in the division wins or loses a football game later in the evening. That will be spectacular to see, and I very much look forward to it. And I hope that you and I will get to do a couple more of these as the season goes on, Ari. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.